if we practice rushing, we get really good at it. And how do we get really good at it? We keep piling things on our plate and we get into a familiar feeling. It becomes our juice to rush. Welcome to Radically Loved Radio. I am your host, Rosie Acosta, yoga teacher and teacher trainer, mindfulness coach, speaker, and creative writer. I am also the founder of radicallyloved.com, a website where you can go for more information about yoga, mindfulness, meditation, and lifestyle advice. On this podcast, we talk to people within our health and wellness community that are creating content through the ritualistic practice of yoga, meditation, or overall mindful living. We hope to create value in your life so that you can achieve your highest potential and live a radically loved life. To stay in touch with us, just follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Rosie Acosta and on Facebook at Radically Loved Rosie. You can sign up for our newsletter on radicallyloved.com to stay up to date on future workshops, retreats, and latest podcasts. I hope that Radically Loved Radio leaves you feeling inspired to create something powerful. My teacher, Yoga Rupa Rodstreicher, says, if you powerfully believe in the value you have to offer the world, your love and passion for it will be an unstoppable force. Thanks for listening. Hey guys, most of you know that I have returned back to a plant-based diet, so my beverage consumption has increased quite, quite a bit. Don't judge. I know there's some of you out there that really enjoy beverages. So one of my favorite things to drink lately, which I'm consuming a lot of, is Four Sigmatic's new Golden Latte Mushroom Mix. It has shiitake and turmeric in it. It's totally organic, caffeine-free, vegan, and only one gram of palm sugar per serving. I love being able to travel with these little packets because they're really easy to make. All you need is some hot water. Some of the additional ingredients in the golden latte are adaptogenic tulsi, warming ginger, and a pinch of black pepper to support turmeric skin loving properties. So not only do your insides feel amazing, but your skin looks great. Go to Four Sigmatic now and enter promo code radically loved. That's R-A-D-I-C-A-L-L-Y-L-O-V-E-D to get 15% off of your entire purchase. Be sure to check out all the other products that they have there as well. I, I mean, I, I want to just start going into this right away, but as I was reading this, and I feel like I'm really good with <laughs> my, my time management, <laughs> and I was like, oh my goodness, I'm totally overscheduled. <laughs> like, this is just, it's a wake-up call, isn't it? It is, and I just, I'm like laugh crying right now because... <laughs> Okay, so so for the people listening, sorry, you're kind of joining in at kind of a random, random moment. Um, Yvonne, why don't you just tell us a little bit about yourself and what inspired you to write Breaking Up With Busy, The Real Life Solutions for Overscheduled Women? Yeah, well, you know, they always say write about what you know. So for me, this was a seamless exploration into that. Um, I had been working with women, primarily women. I do work with men as well uh, over the last 20 plus years and in how to live a vibrant, healthy, well life. And that really focused very much around fitness and food. Uh, 
and in a real lifestyle uh, way, not just you've got to go on a diet, you can't eat anything but broccoli. I, that's not what I do at all. It's more about what kind of lifestyle can we create that's going to be meaningful and give you wellness. Mm -hmm. And I've always sprinkled into that this attitude piece. It was always fitness, food, and attitude. So I had those three pieces working together. Uh, for me, that attitude piece really expanded and beca has become the primary uh uh, portion of the work that I do now. And that was preceded by a health scare that I had in uh, 2012. And I was one morning just putting on my makeup and out of the blue, everything went black and I couldn't breathe. And I felt as though I, I was having a heart attack. My legs buckled underneath me and I fell to the floor. And from what, from what I was experiencing, I just, I was convinced that I was, you know, on death's door and um, in the midst of a heart attack and, uh, of course, ended up in the hospital and was told that I was having a panic attack. And I had never had one before and never had one since. And it was brought on by my uh, hectic pace, fast life and not managing my stress levels. And I found that extraordinary. It was shocking. I was also embarrassed because I thought here I am teaching people how to live a vibrant and healthy life and all of a sudden I am experiencing exactly the opposite of what I'm teaching and what I believe and I thought if it could happen to me Rosie it could happen to anyone here I am this organic eating exercising positive thinking meditating person mm -hmm. and here I am so that's what started the ball rolling I thought I've got to get answers I've got to find solutions for myself first so that I can share them with other people, other women, because I, I thought this, there's a bigger story here. If this is happening to me, if it's occurring in my life, if I created this piece in my life, I'm sure that there's other women, particularly women, because that's who I was working with, yeah. that uh, could use resources and solutions. Yes. So that's what I did. Yeah. And, and again, I, I was saying this earlier, but I feel like, you know, you're speaking directly to me are you sure you didn't write this to me because I feel like <laughs> Rosie, you're, you're not the first one who said that so we are in this together we're gonna get out of it too I so. know let's get out of it so I you know I I am you know s similar thing you know I, I live my life you know teaching yoga and, and leading trainings and and working with with clients and you know talking about health and 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 spiritual well-being and all of these things meanwhile like my health is suffering you know i i have poor sleeping patterns i'm getting occasional panic attacks randomly mm -hmm. and i'm like well what what is it like what is happening and then i'm like oh <laughs> Yeah, I'm just a little, I'm just a little busy. <laughs> yeah, you're a little busy. And, and what happens is, and you make a really good point about that too, because you and I are in similar fields. Mm -hmm. And so when you're in the health and wellness field, like I said, when, when I found out I was having a panic attack, I had this sense of shame. I mean, I, I was, I felt like, oh, you're a fraud. You've been fooling everybody. You're not practicing what you preach type of a thing. Um, but what happens is no matter what profession you're in, no matter what level in your career you're at, uh, this is something that most women, and I dare I say all women, have felt 
from at some point in their life, they felt like an overscheduled woman where, especially when family and career are being built. And even when we don't have children, we still are the most likely to care for our parents as women and an ailing or sick sibling. So we, we take on that nurturer caregiver role. It's something that is deeply entrenched in our, in our culture. And it's something that we get primed for early on. Not all of us, some more, some less. However, it is still very much a part of our culture and our world, so to speak. Uh, so it's, it's, uh, you can see where we get this set up. And then when other people in our reference group, the people that we share our lives with, are doing something, such as being busy, mm-hmm. uh, we're going to do that too so that we can be a part of that group because we all want to feel connected. We all want to be a part of whatever that group might be. And this idea of busy, it's, I always say it's busy is very um, alluring because it promises us that we are going to run with the elite pack, the change makers and the doers. And it gives us a sense of importance. If I'm busy, I must be important because I have a lot to do. And if you're busy and I'm busy, we get each other. We're part of the same team. We're part of the same group. So you know, it's not, as you said, you, you were missing out on sleep. That's a big one. And now we know how important that is for our mental, emotional well-being. So it's just putting some boundaries into place, switching up our thinking so we're in a mindful mindset that we can actually create the things that we want to in our life and start to edit our life in a way that uh, we can do that one step at a time without making these big, broad sweeps of change. Because then it just feels like, here we go, something else I have to do. Yeah. I have to make this yeah. change. I have uh-huh. to meditate. Yeah. I have to exercise. Yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of the, the other thing, right? It's like, oh, now I'm going to be busy. Try to not be busy. Yeah. By by overscheduling my, my self-care right. stuff. Right. I'm going to cross out all those other things I was doing, and now I'm going to put in its place. Okay, I'm going to exercise at this time. I'm going to eat this type of food. I'm going to meditate at this hour, and I'm going to you know do this charity work yeah. over here. And really, it's just exchanging one busy behavior for the other. So we have to get underneath that busy behavior, and how we do that is by asking ourselves a couple of questions. And I always say, let's start out with the first one. And that is, what do I want? And when I start with a client and ask them, well, what do you want? Many times they look at me as though I've grown two heads. Like, what do you mean? What do I want? Uh, I have things I have to do. I don't have time to think about what I want. Well, if we don't know what we want, we can't put into place what we need to feel, think, and do to make that want a reality. So that's why it's important to start at that that place. Yeah, I mean, chapter seven was my favorite. The re- reset your mindset. Um, I I really, I mean, I I think that what you're saying is so important to be able to you know ask the right questions and and know why you're doing what you're doing. Um, I, as I was reading this uh, two weeks ago, I was on my way to. I was rushing <laughs> to go <laughs> to go get a massage. <laughs> and I was like so just pan I had anxiety and I'm driving and I'm like I'm gonna be late I'm gonna be late oh my goodness okay I'm gonna be late and then I get there and like I'm all stressed out and then I'm like wait Sunday's not right I'm like this doesn't <laughs> this doesn't feel like it's it's the right way of being and it's it's obviously a compounding of the rest of what's happening in in the schedule right like this this 
this idea too that we have to stay busy in order to feel productive. So how do you think that our current culture is contributing to this? Mm. Well, I have to first of all respond to your story because the other day I was rushing to my teach my meditation group <laughs> and, and of course doing the familiar things behind the wheel besides driving that I should have been doing and I got to meditation and I thought okay deep breath go in and be now the voice and energy of calm and I thought this is <laughs> so my point is is that even though I wrote a book I still slip back into those patterns as well so it's just a it's an ongoing conscious effort and it's a practice yeah and you get that because yeah. you're, you're, you know, yoga is a practice yeah. and we have to accept the fact that what we practice, we grow strong, right? What we yeah. practice, we grow strong. So if we practice rushing, we get really good at it. And how do we get really good at it? We keep piling things on our plate and we get into a familiar feeling. It becomes our juice to rush. So that sets that habit up. We just keep setting more things on our schedule to keep us in that space. But to answer your question, um, as far as some of the things that contribute to this, there's three things that I work with, that I deal with in the book, and that is economics, technology, and a disconnection from nature. Those are the three things, I believe, that are part of this, uh, part of this situation of our busy culture. And I can just tap on all three real quickly. That the economics is that as uh, as incomes rise, the idea that time time becomes more valuable, becomes more precious, and we don't want to waste it. So we cram in as much as we can do in a day or in a moment. So that starts that ball rolling. I've got to get this done. And as as women, as overscheduled women, we have that get it done attitude already deeply embedded in our ideology. And we frequently opt out of doing things that are going to help us feel better or our own time. We, we opt out of our own time to meet the requests of others. So that that's also a piece of it. But this economics, I mean, we could just look at the facts. We know this now because it's all over the media. And that is women on average make about 80 cents on the dollar compared to men. And if you have, if you're working outside of the home, you, two thirds of those women working outside of the home have school age children that they have to care for. They have to find care, you know, additional costs for that and time spent doing that. And additionally, we still take on the lion's share of the what's called non-paid work, the domestic life, the caring, the organization, the business of living, 80%. We take 80% of that load. So you put those three things in to that economic pot, and these are just the glaring things that pop out or the things I just spoke about. Yeah. And then the technology uh, <laughs> was supposed to make things easier, yeah. and it does in many ways. And I don't want to bash technology. I mean, I live right in the middle of it. Um, we would not have the conscious social movements spread as quickly as they do if it weren't for technology, and that's a good thing. And we also have great medical advances that have been um, supported by technology. But I'm talking about technology, how it affects our relationships and our health. So when we are constantly distracted, by the way, we spend five hours a day on average on our phone. Yeah. 
So, and we touch it nearly 3,000 times. So imagine we have a very intimate relationship with that little tiny three-foot thing that we're carrying around in our pocket and our purse. So when we put technology into that and it pushes into in the way of our relationships, our significant relationships, it leaves little room for intimacy, emotional intimacy. And that's important because in that moment where we can be emotionally intimate with our partner, our spouse, our significant other, if we are distracted by our pursuits and we are shifting our priorities so that our significant other falls behind those pursuits, we become disconnected. Mm-hmm. And that is not only true, and that happens on both sides. It's very difficult or unlikely that we'll feel raised up and invigorated by our relationships when we're tired and stressed and we feel unsupported. And the same is true for our partners and our children and any people that were have an influence. You know, think of the people that we mentor in our work, if they're looking up to us for guidance and direction, and we're constantly distracted by our own pursuits. Mm-hmm. And when it comes to technology, that's very easy to do. We know it has that addictive nature to it. So it's kind of like technology showed up. It was the best candy in the candy shop that we haven't tried yet. And we just want to get as much as we can into our pockets before anybody discovers how much we've got, right? So technology is like that. It's as alluring as the candy. But we forgot that we need to have some boundaries around it. We need to learn how to use that technology. We need to learn how to portion it out, so to speak. And I think that's something that we're all now becoming aware of and we're all trying to find those boundaries mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah the disconnection from nature is a big one because when you think about uh you know you can get on a treadmill now and 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 have a screen show up that you're in the middle of the mojave desert or on a mountain <laughs> climbing it or sprinting through it right so we yeah. don't even need to go into nature anymore the other day i realized that i could actually put a fake fire on my computer and have it come up on my TV screen. And, you know, I don't even have to go get a log anymore. I don't have to even look at vegetables. I don't have to touch them if I don't yeah. want because it could all be delivered, ordered and delivered. Yeah. So, okay, those are conveniences. But when we start to disconnect from nature, what happens in nature? Mm. Our senses are stimulated. And as human beings, our senses, our touch, our smell, our sight, our, he- our hearing, you know, the fragrance of the flowers, the, the, the birds chirping, it might all sound very poetic or even corny, but these are important things for us as human beings to experience. And most likely what happens when most of us walk into nature, we take a deep breath and we have that moment where we breathe in. And what happens when we do that, we engage what's called the vagus nerve, which triggers within our nervous system to slow our heart rate, lower our blood pressure, and begin to decrease our cortisol. So we can see how powerful just being in nature, taking a few deep breaths can be for us. Nature needs us as much as we need nature. We need to be able to connect with that and have it in our lives on a regular basis. So those are the three biggies. Oh, my goodness. No, I love that. How do you think that artificial um, artificial connection via, you know, social media or via the fake fire on the TV, how do you think that that artificial um, visual has an effect on us personally? Oh, 
So much. So there's been studies that have been done when you talk about social media. Uh, and I call that the comparison game. You know, at one time, we could, our world was much smaller than um, it is now. And people say, wait a minute, you've got that backwards. Our world is much smaller because we can penetrate into all areas of the world now. Mm-hmm. That's true. But our day-to-day life was much smaller. We had the people in our neighborhood and the people that we work with and the people in our church and so on. But now um, we've expanded that but we've also expanded our idea of comparing ourselves all the time. You know, the filters and the, the glossy mm-hmm. pictures. Mm-hmm. You know, if mm-hmm. you're like mm-hmm. me, why am I not doing the same thing as you are doing? You know, Rosie is off in Europe. And you know what? You could have just been sitting in front of a French flag down the street at your cafe. <laughs> but we can make it look like we're in France. Yeah. I just happen to hop on a flight type of a thing. So we've got this comparison going on. And now that feeds into why am I not enough? Why am I not as good? That person looks like me. Why don't I have what they have? And that's very prevalent, especially for our millennials. Mm. They get it front, center, backwards, upside down, and everything else. But there's been studies that have been done that having a voice-to-voice conversation with someone that you love stimulates our oxytocin, that we don't get that same, especially mothers and daughters, that we don't get that same feel-good experience when we're texting. So it, you, it changes how we're able to connect with one another. And also, if you watch people, I love to watch people. So <laughs> if you watch people, I'm on that person with the coffee cup looking around. Um, if you watch people when they're in a restaurant, most of them have their head down looking at their phone. So the primary relationship is set to one side and engages in this artificial relationship, which is technology. Uh, And it has an impact on our health. I look at, okay, this is a true story. I was in the nail parlor the other day. And the gentleman that does the hair in the nail parlor, his son came in. He literally walked in the front door, went across the, the salon, back around again. He did this three times. And then he disappeared into a back room to eat his lunch. He came back out about 20 minutes later. He did the same thing, walked the entire pace of the salon twice again, and then left. The entire time, I mean the entire time, his, he had his phone in his hand, and his mm-hmm. head was looking at the phone. His face was looking at the phone. His eyes were looking at the phone. Never looked up once. I don't know how he walked. I would have been bruised up, in the, and I would have been in the back of another ambulance headed to the emergency. I would have tripped <laughs> over everything. But I looked at him from a structural level. His neck was thrust forward. His shoulders were rolled forward. So just on a physical level, this engagement with technology is changing our, the structure of our, our, our physical body. Uh, not being able to breathe as well, even you know, lifting up through the diaphragm and opening your chest. All of those things that happen, again, when you step into nature or when you walk, those types of things. So... Uh, it has an effect, the artificial uh, engagement or the engagement, I should say, with social media and technology, it needs to have boundaries around it for our own personal wellness and health, physical, mental, emotional health. And uh, it's something that we can do, that we can shift towards, I think, trying to do it all at one time, everything all at one time is where we start to feel overwhelmed. So that's that's a big part of why I wrote mm. the book, was to give solutions on how to disengage from that and create some boundaries around what it is that you want to bring into your life. Well, I think it's so challenging because, 
you know, everyone is so addicted to their phones to be able to, you know, set those boundaries, especially for the younger kids, right? Because they're just, that's, they're just used to it now, you know? Well, what's really interesting about that too, and I always talk about this when I can, and that is millennials really, you know, they're the first generation that brought anxiety out of the closet. They, uh, they, I have a millennial daughter, and so this has been something, a conversation that has occurred through her through her years, college, and so forth. And I found it really interesting. I started to become really aware and interested in it as far as the solutions. What kind of solutions could we provide for these young? And they, and they get a bad rap. The millennials get a really bad rap that they're lazy and they're entitled. Well, you know, some who isn't? Some of us are, some of us aren't. But, you know, they, they, they're out there trying to do it just like we did when we were their age as well. You know, they're right. out there trying to get their job, pay the rent, do everything else. Yeah. But this anxiety thing, and a lot of that is connected with this technology piece and that comparison game. Uh, Mm. Oh, they didn't Facebook me back. They didn't like my posts. They didn't let me be a friend. All of these things that they're very much a part of their culture. And I was speaking with someone the other day, and she said, how can I help my teenage niece, um, my millennial niece, feel more comfortable and confident and, and get off her phone because she feels as though something's missing. And I said, and she goes, I told her to put the phone in the, in the drawer for 15 minutes. That is like ripping their arm off. If you tell a millennial or anybody that's addicted to their app or, you know, to their phones, to put it away for 15 minutes, we have to start with something that is really doable. Yeah. One minute. Let's take one minute to deep breathe. And I often am asked, what do you mean? What is one minute going to do? It starts the practice. Mm -hmm. It begins the development of a healthy habit. And that's really what we're trying to do. We're not trying to change. We're not trying to, we're trying to enhance the moment, make shifts that will enhance our lives. That's really what it's about. We can't just, as again, that big, broad sweep leaves everyone feeling as though I, I can't catch up with this. I, I'll never be able to do it, so I may as well just stay with what I'm doing. Um, but we can we can change that one step at a time, one shift at a time. And boundaries, I believe, are an important. I always say boundaries are like handrails on a staircase. Everyone feels better when they're there. So when we start to set up some boundaries for ourselves, using clear communication and making a commitment to ourselves about what we're going to do, and we start with one minute of whatever that might be whether it be meditation, deep breathing, stepping out into nature, putting our phone in the drawer. These are all things that we can start to do to move the needle in the direction that we want our lives to be. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's it's so important to be able to set that precedence and, you know, create more of a support system around that. Um, it's, yeah. in, it's interesting. I have a... a, a 19 year old my little sister lives with um uh tori and i and uh we acquired her two years ago so we've we've had a, a teenager live with us <laughs> so so i feel you you know with your daughter thank you <laughs> i think <laughs> 19 so, is great <laughs> yeah so it's well you know that's uh, yes. up for debate yeah yes. um but it's interesting to be able to see that you know um how how and you're right I totally agree I feel like we don't give them enough credit and I feel like we should because I I mean they they will be the voice of you know the next generation and I feel like they need to be supported and and we need to do what we can 
absolutely to, to make them feel secure and confident um and to to set the example i mean this is what i want to talk to you about it, and that's what your book is about you know being able to you know the change starts with us and for us to be able to show them you know this is how this is how you create more sustainability in your life yeah and and that you make a very good point rosie and that is unknowingly we manufacture a stamp of approval for other women to do what we're doing in our mm-hmm. over busy, um, over scheduled life. And we have to think about that generation that's coming up from behind us, that's following and taking their, their, uh, notes and messages from us. I mean, and if you, and if anyone's out there that thinks that that's a bunk, you can, you can even shift it to a really kind of a parallel, um, uh, perspective of how we influence generations coming up. Again, people watch her here. I've, I love watching mothers and daughters walk side by side because the daughter, nine times out of 10, will walk exactly like the mother, not the father, not the sister, really? but like the mother. So they get these signals and messages visually, tone-wise, what we're saying, verbal messages, energetic, I believe, messages clearly from early on and then when we step into the work field imagine the imagine the young person you, you have a 19 year old living with you mm-hmm. imagine the, the you know a 19 year old that's looking up to you in the in the workplace and she will then also typically if there's a, a relationship there will start to learn from you mimic you um, take into account the importance of what you're saying and all of those messages will start to become part of who she is as well so if we're busy and racing around and looking down on our phone and not making eye contact during a conversation, and then we are shocked when our kids or the people that are working for us don't pay attention to us when we have something to say, well, guess what? We, you know, and in addition to that, think about the older generation that didn't have technology until much, much later, later on. Yeah. yeah. Uh, this is a whole new ball game. They don't understand what happened to visiting. I remember going <laughs> home and my mother would say, let's sit down and, and visit. visit. Yeah. 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 Who visits anymore? No one, you know, leisure <laughs> has become the new lazy. There's, there's this, there's this judgment around putting your feet up either. A, you must be really unimportant if you have time to just put your feet up and, and be leisure or wouldn't that be nice if I could do that? And I wish I could, we don't give ourselves permission for that anymore. Mm -hmm. And that's why I was putting into a health aspect. If we can look at leisure as being another tool to enhance our health and wellness, our relationships, the power of our mind, the health of our mind, you know, our prefrontal cortex, where we manage um, complex processes like reasoning, logic, problem solving, planning those all get shut down when we when we're full uh full of stress and anxiety and they get turned on and healthy and enlightened when we're in meditation Mm -hmm. we know we also are lowering our blood pressure and boosting our immune system decreasing our cortisol increasing our dopamine all of these things happen when we take one three minutes two minutes 15 minutes whatever it might be to get into that meditative, calm, quiet state. Yeah, oh, I love that you're saying that, Yvonne. I think it's so important. What would you say to the woman that is listening to this podcast right now and she's in in exactly that place that we talked about in, in the midst of the 
over busy, anxiety, really stressed out. But she's like, but Yvonne, I can't, you know, you don't understand. My job requires me to work 10 hour days and I just don't have time and everything, you know, I need to be answering emails at midnight and I have to wake up at seven and answer emails. And it's just like, you just, that's just what I have to do. Mm-hmm. Well, I say change the narrative first, and that's a hard one for a lot of people because that word can't, that word can't is what's leading the charge here. We can't forget also that we've developed a habit of doing this. If we set ourselves, and this goes back to boundaries, if we set ourselves up that our office, our boss, our office mates, whomever knows that we're going to be on the phone or uh, on email after we leave the office, then those emails for sure will come in. Now, I've had people say to me, well, you just don't get what it means to be an executive. Well, (laughs) I might not know what it gets to mean to have your exact job, but I know what it means to have a very full schedule like this and to manage people and several jobs at a time. I also know it's important that this woman takes care of herself. Mm. So she's got to give, there's a few things that have to happen. One is she's got to set her boundaries. Again, remember, they're like, they're like handrails. Everybody yeah. feels better when they're there. And she can begin by flagging her feelings. And that's going to help her get into that space where she can start to edit how mm-hmm. she's feeling. And she also, you know, let's take a pause here uh, with this and go back to that question. What do I really want? And anybody who says, that must be really nice to be able to ask the question, I don't have that I don't have that luxury of asking what I really want. We all have that luxury. We can all ask the question. We will all answer it in a different way, but we all have that luxury. It's giving yourself permission to ask it and then permission to begin to make a shift. One thing at a time. If she's coming home and she's answering emails, I used to do that, by the way. I was the one. You know, My daughter would go to bed and I was raising her on my own. She would go to bed and I'd get right back on those emails and I'd answer them until midnight and I'd be back up at five. And I prided myself on that five hours of sleep. It's a habit. And I found now I get a lot more uh, done because I'm more organized. I edit my day and I have more energy and I'm taking time for myself. There's not the resentment and the frustration that is so taxing. And the multitasking, which is not effective, we know that the brain cannot do two dissimilar tasks at the same time. It gets confused, and then it, and it, we make additional errors, and we take more time with that. So stop the multitasking. Set one boundary. If you're answering your phone late at night or you're answering emails and you're back up at the crack of dawn, one thing, change one of those pieces where you're going to give yourself a little bit more space. And then from a wellness standpoint, let's start with that three-minute, what I call the three-minute meditation Mm -hmm. magic. There's Mm -hmm. no wrong or right to this. You sit down in a quiet space for three minutes and just breathe. And I promise you, whoever this woman is or a person, I promise you that your life will begin to shift. Mm. Thank you, Yvonne. That's so... Words of wisdom, I say. I, I, I mean, especially words with, of being there. <laughs> words of experience. Let's yeah. just say that. So, what in in your life now? What are the signs of of 
that you see, I mean, we just talked about it earlier when you were saying you're on your, your way to, to lead this meditation group, but what, <laughs> is it easier for you to spot it now? Because I'll tell you for myself, I, I saw it and I would see it, but, but most of the time I'm so busy that I, I don't actually fully see it. Does that make sense? Yes. And again, it's, but you do because awareness cannot be undone. So you're aware of it now. And I, and I would venture to say, Rosie, after our conversation today, you're going to be even more aware of it. As you said, you read the book and all these things yeah. started to pop up. Twice. Right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. <laughs> well, it's one of those books that you can go back to and pull something out and get, you know, the 52 um, reminders at the end of the book where you can just pull one of those out every week and keep that kind of as your mantra for the week. And you're kind of keeping yourself in that space of being, of being in your life in a, in a mindfully conscious way. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, the biggest shift Rosie for me was sleep because once I started to give myself permission to actually sleep, not just intermittently nap through the night, mm-hmm wake mm-hmm. up, make notes, go back to sleep, which is what I used to do. Um, that, that was a sacred space. And I knew that I was healing my body and my mind in that space that changed everything for me. I woke up more refreshed. I also woke up feeling like I'd done something really good for myself. Mm-hmm. Um, my signals, like you said, the other day when I was rushing to meditation, I got there. The thing about mindfulness is that you get back on your path more quickly. Mm-hmm. doesn't mean that you don't fall off or you, Oh, perfect example of this. I'm out running the other day and I did something I know I shouldn't. <laughs> my, I was, I called my sister because I thought, I know I'll double task. Right. Yeah. And she couldn't hear me. I said, I can fix that. So I pulled my phone out, put her on speaker. And right about as I did that, I tripped and slid like a, like a, uh, a, a professional baseball player sliding into home plate. I slid so far the phone flew out of my hand. I was so scraped up and damaged. And I thought, well, there you go. You know, you shouldn't be doing that. One thing at a time, go out running and enjoy it. Listen to the birds. I don't do that anymore. I Mm -hmm. don't do the double tasking. I'm not on my phone when I'm out running anymore. So making those little changes, you get back on your path more quickly when you begin to practice that which you want to grow strong. Mm. I love that. Yeah. Um, what are you currently most excited about? As far as the book or life in general? Just life in general. I just, I'm so excited and grateful for these opportunities to help more people because I feel like that's what I was sent here to do was to be of service and to deliver this message in this particular time through the book as far as giving this permission and release and providing information, but in other ways as well. I, I want people to realize or to or to have that experience in this lifetime that they are doing the best that they can. There are solutions and ways and and methods to and resources to help them. And I want to be one of those resources. I want to give them hope and optimism and a pathway of being able to travel that they can mm-hmm. feel their best in their life and that they can begin to live the life that they desire. Mm, Yeah, no. And, and I want to just add to that, that you really do that, um, with, you know, the work that you do and, and this book, I really feel like that you said it 
was key that that you you've given us permission to be able to do that you know and and so I really appreciate that because I feel like you know it it's one of those things that we we don't sometimes recognize it or or really want to recognize it especially in the momentum of work and things that we need to get done and I really feel like what you said you spoke to it earlier um, you know, the top three things that, that, you know, create that disconnection, I feel like are, are so pivotal in, in our own, not only self-development, but our own connection to our, ourself and, and the world. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's, you're not optional, your health and wellness and, and internal beauty, all, none of it's not optional. You, mm-hmm. you deserve this life to be the best that it can be. You deserve to live a life with passion and purpose. And we hear that a lot nowadays, purpose and passion and compassion. It's true. You deserve it. It's not something that you have to earn. It's, it's something that just as a human being, no matter what you might believe, whatever source of magnificence that brought us here, whatever you might believe, you deserve to live a life that's full of love and compassion purpose and passion and to share that with as many as you can Yvonne thank you so much I just want to talk to you about this forever Um, (laughs) (laughs) this is this is so great um but I want to be respectful of your time so I only I only have a, a couple more questions um and the the next question really is about this podcast and creating this forum and so I created this this podcast to create a space for people to go to to get inspired to get information about different types of modalities yoga lifestyle meditation and to just feel supported in the world the idea is that the universe works for us and not against us and that we are supported by source god spirit energy whatever higher power of your understanding so. I couldn't agree more. I, thank you for this work that you're doing because oh. we need it. And the more of us that are doing it, the more we can connect. We can bring that, that we can expand that tapestry of joy and love. So yeah. thank you for what you're doing. Oh, Yvonne, I love you. As well, I send love to you as well because that's, you know, really, that's what we are all are, right? Yeah. We are all love yeah so so here are the the two final questions is number one how do you how do you feel that radical love and the second part to the question is and what do you radically love Mm, well (laughs) that radically love list is long oh gosh how do i radically love i think when you lead with an open heart every choice and intention and decision that you make that then that is radical love lead with an open heart leave judgment in its own place which is somewhere else besides with you and lead with a loving heart and you will radically love everyone and everybody you don't have to love the person but love their soul because we're all connected oh gosh what do i radically love well food (laughs) <laughs> number one top of the dish top of the list would be my daughter and all the people that share my life I, I I radically love them and and everything that they share with me and the joy and the and the 
the, the spontaneous joy that they bring into my life day in, day out. Mm. I hope that answers your question. I just, I just think that, uh, you know, radically love. I love that. I think that's so important. No, it's just such a great way to think about it because it just elevates the whole experience and, um, gift that love is, mm-hmm. you know, to be radical about it, to be radical the way you feel about it, how you bring it into your life, how you share it. It's just, thank you for that. That's, uh, beautiful. Oh, thank so. you, Yvonne. Thank you. So thank you so much for creating this, uh, this collection of stories and, um, keys for us to be able to really break up with busy <laughs> thank you for for all the work that you've done and that you continue to do i feel like it is imperative for our current state now and i really am honored and privileged to have had the opportunity to speak to you and i, I pray this is the first conversation of many it will be the first of many and thank you and i feel honored as well to spend this time and be in this space and time with you rosie thank oh, you thank you so for people listening where can they go for more information oh so easy yvontally.com and that's y v o n n e tally t a l l y and everything you need to know about me is right there and Great. i also have an online uh, workshop that starts in june too that they can find information out about Oh, fun. So everybody that's listening, if you go to the show notes, all of those links Yvonne just mentioned will be on the show notes. So you can click on the show notes and go straight to those links from your device as we're talking about devices. That's okay. <laughs> they, have, they, have a, they have a very good place as well. So great. Yeah. Uh, thank you, Yvonne, so much. Thank you, Rosie. This podcast is brought to you by our very special sponsor, Uveda. So Ayurveda is the sister science to yoga. Ayurveda relies on the intelligence of mother nature and our own body's ability to heal. Most of you know that as a health coach and a nutritionist, I have spent most of my career always trying to find more natural and holistic modalities. I have an autoimmune disease, so this makes it a little bit more challenging, but it's manageable nonetheless, so long as my body is in full balance. A couple of weeks ago, I was talking to my dear friend and fellow podcaster, Sahara Rose, and I was telling her I was having all these issues with my stomach, my digestion, and she recommended this brand called Uveda. So I did my due diligence and I researched them and I found that this company has really created uh, an incredible brand of supplements to support everything that we love about our bodies and our body's natural ability to heal, but also using the tools of Ayurveda. So they use this as their foundation to everything that they do. As with everything, I'm always a bit dubious because I know there's not a one fix all supplement or brand, but I tried it. I used both the joints supplement and the digestion, and I'll tell you, After using it for about a month, I noticed such a huge difference. They are just such an incredible company and I was able to chat with them and talk to them not only about the high quality of their product, but the high quality of their brand and their company and what they're trying to do. I quickly found that these people are my people and all we're trying to do is create a ripple effect in the world so that we can 
continue to impact people's lives and create better health, deeper connections, and just overall healthy living. I'm so excited to not only partner with them, but to have them share a special code for all of the listeners. Go to uveda.com and type in Rosie, that's R-O-S-I-E, at checkout to get a special discount on all of their products. Thanks so much for listening. Do you want to go on an epic yoga adventure? I do. In fact, I, I, I do all the time. <laughs> when, when do I not want to go on an epic yoga adventure? This year, I'm leading two retreats, one in Mexico at Shinalani and the other in Iceland. Our summer retreat is all about the Yoga Sutras of Patanjali. We'll learn about spiritual practices to cultivate mindfulness, wisdom, and compassion. And this fall, in an attempt to see the Northern Lights, we will go into a journey through the chakras. It's going to be fun. If you're curious, you can email me at rosie at radicallyloved.com or go to the show notes and click the links to each of the retreats, or you can go to radicallyloved.com. See you soon. Hey everyone, I hope you enjoyed this episode. I am so excited to continue to do this. Please share this with your friends. Email us, message us on Instagram at Rosie Acosta or on Twitter at Rosie Acosta. Subscribe on iTunes, write a review. We love doing this, so please help us continue to keep this podcast going. Thanks for listening.